and a mouse keep running, running, and 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 running, running, Welcome back to the Weird Science Marvel Comics Podcast. This is episode 287, and for some reason, the song is repeating again. That's not supposed to happen. Get the heck out of here. What is going on here? 287 podcasts, and we're still learning, aren't we? 287, that is two Sidney Crosbys for everybody in the Pittsburgh area, or me here in the Philadelphia area, loving the Penguins, but... With all of that going on, let me tell you where you can find us. Before we get into things, you can go over to Twitter at WSMarvelComics. You follow us on Twitter. We will follow you back on Twitter. That is our rule, a steadfast rule. It is also go over to our website, WeirdScienceMarvelComics.com, where you can get news, previews, and reviews. We have a bunch of reviews up right now. I have a couple of my own, including some books that we're going to be talking about tonight and then go over to the patreon patreon.com slash weird science where you can support us for all the shows on this feed if you listen to the other shows like our weird science dc comics show or our weird science manga show you can end up supporting us and giving us a little bit of a boost and if you do do that do do you also get a bunch of shows in return a plethora as they say one of the big things is the weekly Patreon-only Marvel Comics Spotlight. Two books picked by the badasses, the Get Fresh crew, beep boop, where we talk, and it's just on the Patreon this week. They ended up picking Aliens number one and the Miles Morales Spider-Man number 29. I ended up being surprised joined by my man Eric Shea from the DC Comics podcast and formerly of the Marvel podcast to talk Aliens, and then I ended up talking miles on my own so there is one reason to go over to the patreon another reason is next week is what we call an annuals week in the comic world because it's five wednesdays that we have in march and with that if you're not uh, aware we end up pretty low is what i've been told but we end up having our podcast on an annuals week all of them are on the patreon so if you go over for as low as a dollar, you can end up hearing that show and a bunch of others. And what we'll end up having on there, some big number ones coming out next week. That'll be Patreon only. Avengers Curse of the Man Thing number one. Beta Ray Bill number one. King and Black Ghost Rider number one. Silk number one. Bunch of other things as well that we'll be talking about now. That Just saying, if you aren't into that, then you could just pretend we took a week off that we'll be back in a couple of weeks. Back with the regular flow of things But if you want to keep up on all the things And like I said, get a ton of other things as well Go over to patreon.com Slash weird science But I'm going to go into this I'm going to be joined by Clay Then Brandon Then I'm going to finish up with uh, some things But we'll start off with me and Clay Talking Amazing Spider-Man Hello everybody I'm here with my man Clay What's up Clay? I'm doing pretty good. All right. I hope this records right. We need it to record <laughs> right so we can get it out there. And we are obviously talking about Amazing Spider-Man number 62. 
And with that, I don't know if you've seen the solicits coming up. I think it is in June. There are uh, Amazing Spider-Man each week. It's a weekly book in, in June. Yeah, so we'll, we'll have a lot to talk about then as we have the chameleon crisis or something. It's called the chameleon conspiracy. We'll see what that is when we get to it because here we have an issue called Wag the Gog, which made me laugh when I first opened it. And it is written by Nick Spencer, Patrick Gleason, and the colors Edgar Delgado letters by VCs Joe Carmagna. And if you remember last issue, it ended up where we were thinking that Gog was going to be shot in the face. It, it looked like it. And we'll get to that after the recap here. But me and you both were thrown off right away. So you'll have to stick with this because by the end, I like this issue enough for what it is. It's not the biggest issue, and this is what Nick Spencer does. He has these huge things. You end up having Sin Eater, Kindred, and then we step back for a while. And the way it's kind of going here, like I said, we are going to go off to this chameleon conspiracy thing. I do think that we're waiting for issue uh, 75. You said that before. I think that 75 will be the next real, real big hit. So... What Nick Spencer does is he reminds you of things, he keeps things kind of dangling, and then he seems to want to have fun, which I don't mind, but yeah, we're thrown off at the beginning. With Kindred's reign of terror finally over, Peter returned to the apartment he shares with reformed villain, in quotes, Fred Myers, a.k.a. Boomerang, Randy Robertson, and their pet alien, Gog. Gog used to guard the pieces of the powerful lifeline tablet, which Boomerang and Spider-Man are trying to keep out of Kingpin's hands, not knowing that Kingpin has plans of his own which he usually does. Money is tight, so when Nora Winters and J. Jonah Jameson at Threats and Menaces offered Spider-Man a high-paying gig along with a new high-tech suit, he had little choice but to take it. The suit allows TNM subscribers to watch the world through Spidey's eyes. Subscriptions went through the roof as viewers got the experienced Spider-Man taking down Hydro-Man, Shocker, and Speed Demon, but it turns out those villains were just a distraction while the real threat, the sharpshooter Bullseye, set his sights on God. So we start off with a little bit of like, let's rewind slightly to see Kingpin telling Bullseye to take the shot as Peter is trying to get to them. And and with that, you kind of put aside the threats and menaces Spider-Man suit type deal. And I worry that we're going to do that for a while. Like you're going to have it when we want. And I know Spider-Man can turn it on and off and whatnot, but. I think that that was just for the fun times when there's the real big times, because I don't know if this is being broadcast right now. I have no idea. You don't have Jay Jonah in his ear, things like that, which, you know, is odd right after having that big. Uh, Just as an aside, I went around my house and asked everybody if they liked the new Spider-Man suit. And my wife hated it. Tanya said it looks stupid. It looks like a video game. Right. That makes sense. Then my kids said, I love it. It looks like a video game. <laughs> so that, that's the thing. I, I have a feeling that what they are trying to do with that look. First off, I think they, they made it a bit ridiculous and over the top because of what it was supposed to be. But it does seem to appeal to the youngins in my house, at least. They, they kind of thought it was cool. And then when I asked my youngest son, well, why, why do you like that? And he said, ah, I'm sick and tired and bored of the old Spider-Man suit. And I said, how dare you? And then I grounded him for a month. But I think you, that you don't it, even read comics. They don't. That's the problem. They only <laughs> play video games. So it would make sense with the deal. And then my other two sons that I showed, they ended up saying 
oh man, like what new powers and stuff. So they kind of like got the idea of it right away. And I told them, and they thought it wasn't that great a power set. I said, you, you really have just enhanced stuff and, and stuff like that. But they said, oh, that's cool, thinking that it was like a new video game announced. But you end up then. Then I showed my wife, Boomerang and Gog, her eyes glazed over, and she didn't answer me again. She she doesn't deal with comics that much <laughs> with me but because I'm like, oh, man, look at this guy. She's like, I don't care. And, and Gog, she went, ooh, because he kind of is presented odd here. but. You have Kingpin, he's going to take the shot. You end up Spider-Man showing up in a weird way that I didn't know the connection of how he knew what not, except he figured out that what they're going to go after might be Gog or Boomerang. And Bullseye, does he miss or does he hit? Because he does not kill Gog. Now, in my mind, does Kingpin maybe want the collar? Does he know that much and wants the collar to get hit so that Gog goes berserk? This could, like I would love if this was shown to be a distraction while some other guys are doing other things, but this just happens, and then it is just an extended scene of Spidey and Boomerang trying to put the collar back. And so by the end, I can only think that Bullseye missed, and that's an odd thing. That's an odd thing. You said before we started, it threw you off yeah, right away. I, I, you know, because right before we started recording, you said Bullseye doesn't miss. That's like one of the biggest things about that character. And we see that his scope is clearly right at the face of Gog. And the next thing you know, his collar comes off. So it threw me off. I wasn't really sure, like, how I felt about that. And I feel like because of that, uh, being the critic that I am, it kind of oh. got in the way. Uh, <laughs> it kind of, it kind of got in the way with uh with how I really perceived everything else in the book. And it, it, it did bother me, but like you said, there there are some moments here with Boomerang and Spider Man. Uh, I do enjoy like their their teamwork, you know, with the with the uh with the collar. The fastball, love, especially when yeah, Boomerang yells, yeah. right? That's funny. <laughs> He's like, I hope this isn't copyrighted. <laughs> yeah, I like that. He he is pretty funny in this. Now, he gets a little meta by the end, but I don't mind him for that. The the only thing, and as a critic myself, what I think about this and what kind of gets me is that you have Gog. You've been pushing, hey, we're doing the Instagrams and all the pictures and stuff like that. And that was pretty funny. We ended up last issue seeing Peter. He doesn't really want to take the pictures, but he is good. I mean, the guy has been f- photographing things for centuries now, it seems. So you end up having that. Only now to, in my mind, almost artificially take God out of the picture so that they don't have to worry about him anymore. Uh, Because this is, we were afraid he was going to get shot and maybe even like in a coma or possibly even dead. And we thought, oh my God, you know, Fred Boomerang, he'll flip out. Well, he does anyway. You know what I mean? You almost are trying to get the best of both worlds here. You end up having, if God was, say, in a coma, whatnot. He wouldn't be in the book for a while, and that would set off Boomerang. Instead, here, they seem finally get the collar on. Peter, I, you know, luckily has that suit on. I mean, he hits hard. He ends up smashing into a car a la Lethal Weapon 1. And that girl at the beginning of that, she didn't live. But he ends up where they take God to Mary Jane to watch. And, and that's kind of fun uh but it was set up well he'll be there for you know a month or so when we get done and you get boomerang to have that goodbye moment where he starts crying and then says i'm gonna get revenge it's such a odd almost like cop out to what could really have happened 
you know, even if, and, you know, I said it'd be odd to kill Gog, but really? And also him in a coma or something like that, I think would have been, you know, more of a, a hard hitting deal where you can still have Boomerang go back. But if, if he thinks Gog may die, I think that he really goes off. He still does. But yeah, like you said, though, I like to see the, you know, teamwork. Also, you get a little Peter moment because, again, he seemed annoyed by Gog a bit last issue. Boomerang and Gog, best friends, besties for life, you know, all that. Peter just was kind of, you know, eh, I'll go with it, whatever. Though I think he did like, but this shows that he also. It's almost like that idea, and you just got a dog. So it's one of those things where you may have, like, somebody in the family. If you had a family like me, what actually happened, we ended up getting our dog, Bella, and we had our second oldest son who was, like, standoffish about it because we had just we replaced a dog. Our other dog died. So we ended up getting that. And that other dog was really big with my second oldest. So when we got new, the new dog, he was kind of like, yeah, I don't know if I like this dog. And I'm like this. And then one day I went upstairs and he's playing with that and he's, like, all embarrassed. And I think that's how Peter was here. Like, he, he realizes, oh, my God, I do love this God. Oh, my God, look <laughs> at him when he's cradling him in his arms. And uh, like I said, I love the combination of God just being hideously ugly, but also so cute because of it. It's so cool. But, yeah, they end up taking God to Mary Jane so that he's off. Or it could end up putting a little target on Mary Jane. I mean, there's a lot of things you could work with that, right? Uh, but I don't know. It just it was an okay deal, but it's almost half the issue just to kind of put Gog aside to get to the other things and a lot of setup. You end up with Jay Jonah with, with, with Robbie, who he ends up, you know, they're kind of competitive with this. And I love the idea that Jay Jonah is bragging about threats and menaces. And we said before, we actually said almost the line that Robbie says, the sensibilities of, of the world have actually finally caught up to Jay Jonah. He wasn't left behind by technology. He's been waiting for this because of how awful things are. And, and Robbie wants to be, you know, a regular businessman and thinks that, you know, Jay Jonah thinks he's jealous. Robbie just wants to be the businessman. You end up have Jay Jonah always think you're better than me. It's a nice scene. It's nice enough, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I enjoyed this. I, I will say that I feel like it did kind of make a full stop on everything that was going on. Um, and I know it was more so the lead up to, uh, uh, Robbie Robinson, Robbie. uh, and looking, Randy. looking at the files. Yes, that was yeah. the main reason for it. Yeah. That's all you're waiting for. Yeah. I mean, that's the big thing in this issue. What you get is Gog gets sent to Mary Jane for her to watch. And, and Robbie ends up finding out that his son is dating Tombstone's daughter. That's really all you get. And because of that, uh, and my score is going down a little. I end up usually we talk, and I thought that the idea, and, and with that bullseye at the beginning, that threw me off. But reading this, it's a quick read. It's nice enough, but it is a setup issue. It's a setup issue through and through. Uh, there isn't really much of a progression of story here because you do end up, again, with Kingpin. Is he any closer to doing anything? No. He, he goes and talks shit to uh, Kindred, and I'm not supposed to curse here. I'm getting angry. Uh, you know, <laughs> you end up having him talk crap to Kindred. Harry saying, yeah, you could have helped me when you could, but you scorned me. Now you're going to be sorry because he thinks he's getting closer to the Lifeline tablet. But he really isn't. 
And you have Boomerang, who's pissed off because you ended up having Kingpin go after Gog. That's personal now. That gets him triggered again. Maybe this is the idea that Kingpin doesn't necessarily want to kill a little cute and hideous-looking animal. So he's just trying to trigger Boomerang so that he goes more in the open. But with that, Boomerang's just hanging out in Central Park. He's always in the open. But maybe he's trying. He says, I'm trying to get him to do something stupid. So maybe that's the thing. But again, with that, how long, how hard do you have to get to make Boomerang do something stupid? Um, but yeah, really, it's it's set up. Jay Jonah goes off. He's, you know, up in arms because he really wants Robbie to bow to him, I think, and say, Jay Jonah, you know, you were always right. But Robbie's not going to do that. So it sets up the big files that they have. Tombstone is found out that he can go after Boomerang's you know, friends, which would be Peter and Randy. Kingpin has said Peter's off limits. That is the deal. Now, if I'm Tombstone or any of these other guys, I'm putting that aside in the back of my mind of why. Why would he say that this Peter Parker is off limits? I would really be looking into that as a villain later because that almost seems like you would think it might be a weakness of Kingpin as well. You'd be able to do something, but you end up having Tombstone mention that Robbie was always a thorn in his side. This is going to be great. I'm going to kidnap his son. I'm going to, you know, ransom him out. I'm going to end up keeping him hostage so that Boomerang comes. We'll get Boomerang, and then I'll kill Randy. In the meantime, Robbie's looking through the file, ends up seeing a bunch of photos, and we see what's happening. But, yeah, well, you can tell him what happens at the end. I mean, it's we pretty much said it, but the idea that they both see the worst thing in their life. Yeah, uh, uh, we see Tombstone coming up on the roof uh, basically to take out uh Robbie's son and that's when he sees his daughter making out making with out the, with the one guy that he's trying to kill yeah uh, so and he looks dumbfounded of course Robbie looks dumbfounded when he looks at the files uh, so you know there's going to be conflict here mm-hmm. uh, exactly how it's going to end up I'm I'm not really sure if I care to be honest that, that's the problem <laughs> It's not that big a story, right? <laughs> it's almost like Nick Spencer's like sitting there and he's like, you know what people really wanted? The relationship with Robbie and Tombstone to, to kind of be on the even keel. And yeah, it's odd. Now, do you think that this reporter girl, do you think she knows what's going on? Because she seems to almost like shove it at him in a subtle way. Like a passive aggressive and, way. And they, there's there's the dialogue that says, "Oh, did you look? Oh, I didn't want to spoil it for you." Yeah, like that can mean either yes, I do know, and I didn't want to tell you, or no, I don't know. Let's yeah. look at it together. Like <laughs> I, all, yeah, that's what I'm saying. To me, it's like me and you have this stuff, and I hand it to you, and you say. Did, did you look? Oh, yeah, I look, but I want to see the look on your face now because I'm a jerk. That's what it seems like. I didn't want to spoil it for you. Like, she, I didn't want to come right out and say, you're, you know, your son is dating her. But and, and the big thing about it is that Tombstone does love his daughter. So that that is a huge thing. In fact, when he says that he's going to get the get out of jail free card, the whole thing from Kingpin, the first thing he thinks, I can't wait to go tell my daughter. And this is going to be great. We're going to be great. And yeah, he sees her making well, out. She does say, because cause Robbie says, well, I hope you caught her, you know, committing felonies. And she said, oh, if you count public indecency <laughs> as as one. And I'm, yeah, so she's got to know. She's got to yeah, see. Like, yeah. 
And with that, that's not smooching. What are they doing? Are they Batmaning <laughs> it up on the rooftop? I mean, really, this would be an odd thing for Robbie to look at. He is like, son. Uh, earlier, too, to go with the Batman theme, you do have, we said, Boomerang going all meta when he ends up, you know, Gog's done. He ends, And it is a funny scene where he's crying. He's like, and, and you give him the purple toy. That's Reginald. But he usually brings the orange one for walks. That's Arthur. And you have Mary Jane playing with Gog, and Gog looks pretty cool there. But he ends up saying, I'm going to get some payback. He says to Spidey, I don't care. And also, I love that Boomerang is so self-centered that he's like, yep, never thought that people close to me could get hurt. You don't know what that's like, Spider-Man. I mean, you have <laughs> never had this happen to you, so you shut your mouth. But he says, I'm going to get payback. This might be mayor, but he's still just a criminal with a super cool ascot, and criminals are a cowardly, superstitious lot, no matter how well-dressed they are. So I will become what he fears the most. Yes, father, I will become a boomerang. And you end up, Spider-Man's like, oh, boy, here we go. But And the thing is with that, you can play it off like he's just saying that once he says, yes, father, now he's become Deadpool. Yeah. He really is, which he is kind of, a, you know, but it might have went a little too far, though. I still giggle because I do. I do love Boomerang. I'm worried about him by the end of all this, uh, but he probably will just go back to being a bad dude leading from this. He's so pissed off. But, you know, with that, it ends with the smooches and we've had some big. You know, cliffhangers here in the amazing Spider-Man run of Nick Spencer. And I can't say that Beetle and Randy Robertson making out on the rooftop is one of the biggest ones that is like, oh, my God. But the issue, I and I keep saying this, Nick Spencer, he, he's a good writer. It's just sometimes he seems to get caught up in some things that maybe everybody isn't interested in or maybe they want a little more of something else. You do, like I said, hint at a bunch of other things when Kingpin goes with the lifeline, but still. Uh, any other thoughts on it? I mean, it is a quick, quick read. Yeah, it was surprisingly quick. Uh, I actually wanted to read it last night, but, uh, didn't have the chance. So I, I woke up early. I was like, all right, you know, let's, let's get into this issue. And then I was like, why the hell did I wake up early for this? <laughs> I didn't need to wake up early. Uh, I read it last night and I always read it again right before we go on and to just show how much I left like eight minutes i mean i didn't need much at all it's a very quick deal uh overall i'm gonna give it a seven out of ten yeah. the art's really good uh some of the stuff's fun it's just you're right i don't know that i need to go off and we're gonna go off for a bit of an arc here for the tombstone robbie robertson stuff and that is at the moment pretty much the least interesting thing going on in the book i'd rather even see more threats and menaces and peter not knowing how the online communities work that, that was even more fun but yeah you with me seven yeah i was gonna put it at a seven uh i was afraid that i might be a little bit lower but you know there are some really good moments uh i am still enjoying gleason on the arts yeah, yeah. Uh, there's some details that i really really enjoyed like there's a, at one moment uh spider-man is going for the collar while boomerang is also going for the collar and the reflection of it is on yeah. their lenses. I thought that was really, really yeah, that nice. Was cool. That was uh, cool. And you know, just the funny parts, you know, the, the fastball special, the uh, going a little meta with the, with the Batman moment. Uh, so seven is a good point for me. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm looking at it now with the, the goggles and things with Gog and stuff. It's, it is really cool. And then the deal with boomerang as well. So yeah, I'm with you. Uh, hopefully, they, you know, Nick Spencer wins this over and we find out that this is a cool concept and idea and story. But right now it's kind of a lull. 
And it's like a lull after a lull after a lull. We keep wanting more kindred, and that's just, and it's almost like taunted at us, thrown in our face when Kingpin talks to him. But we'll see how that all goes. But before we go, as we always do, tell everybody where they can find you. Yeah, so you can find me on Twitter at FanboyClay. And of course, over there, there is the link tree in my bio where you can find all of my shows, including Batman News Weekly, the Comic Book Legion podcast, of course, this podcast and the uh, Ranger Alliance, which is on the Geek Ultimate Alliance Network. Yep, and that will be that. I'm going to go off to uh, talk some more books, possibly with Brandone. Not sure. He has been feeling ill this week, he said. I don't know if that's just his out. We'll see. But he might be joining me, or I may be going off by myself. But thanks for joining me, Clay. And off we go. And here we are with Brandon. How you doing, Yo, Brandon? Doing all right. Oh my goodness! Here we stuffy. are. Yeah, yeah. But I'll I make heard it. that before. And speaking of stuffy, we're we're speaking of Scream. I don't know why that's stuffy. <laughs> it, it is a little. This whole event sure. maybe is stuffed a little too much with you know filler. So yeah, maybe I can tie it in that way because there are it's like a disgusting a lot of things. burrito. Yeah, really. It reminds me of the turducken. There's just too much going on. It ends up giving you a heartburn. John Madden. I haven't heard about yeah, turducken was. since John Madden Man, left Yeah, that was a big deal. Uh, I had one one year, and that was actually like a couple years before that. My one buddy had heard of one, and we got it off of Amazon. We actually got <laughs> it like in uh, dry ice, and we had... It wasn't that great. It Back ended up when having, Amazon just was run out of Bezos' garage. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it seemed. And it, it ended up having... Uh, a lot of Cajun spices that ended up making me have heartburn. So you know it's stuff, good. But, yeah, it was okay. It just was weird. And the, the duck part of it, duck is very greasy. A very greasy bird, that duck is. So it, it wasn't the greatest. I'm not a big uh, fan of even turkey, let alone a bunch of gamey birds. That kind of throws me off. But we're here you know, to talk a little more King and Black. And... The, the problem with King and Black has been the idea, to me, there's too many tie-ins. And so when you get to this, we're not even going to get to the end, the King and Black number five, until another month from now. April 24th, I think it says in the back. And that's all I want. I do want to see how it ends. I do want to see what's going on. Yeah. But it's so, it's just bloated. It's one so One more Venom bloated. issue and one more null or uh, King yeah, of Black issues all to go. I need. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and I wouldn't have minded this as much if it would have been tightened up. We have yeah, almost 60-some issues of this. Does it feel like anything has gone on 
in most of these tie-ins. Yeah, yeah you end I'm up having some to things. find anything that that's been added via tie-ins, yeah, with the yeah. exception of the Venom book. It's added a, a little depth what, to things. What you I end guess. up doing is you do give a little bit of a you know elevation of certain characters, but it's kind of a formula throughout. You know, you end up where, like I always point out, that deal with the uh, the Black Panther. Where you end up having, okay, Wakanda can stop symbiotes and whatnot. Well, let's move on to the next one who can. The next one who can. Only then to get back to the regular numbered King and Black book where our biggest heroes that we know and love are struggling and not doing anything. And really, in my mind, still don't have a plan. I, I mean, we're waiting for this last issue. And I don't, I couldn't tell you right now exactly like what Dylan is exactly doing now and what ends up, I know that. You know, he's there with no all that stuff. That's not what I'm talking about. The idea of I know it's comic book time, but the idea of going a month and 15 issues between you wonder what is going on overall. And it just doesn't feel it. it, it here's the weird deal. It feels too big. But not big enough. It feels too big with the amount of issues, but we're not getting enough story yeah. to well, justify I can say this. If you're just, uh, you know, a filthy casual who who's just reads things in the order they've come out, yeah, it does It does feel like, you know, there there have been, you know, 10 weeks between where we left Dylan off and, and where we're going to pick him up from next. You know, I, 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 you know, you have to really dig into the reading order of this thing to to try to even piece all that together, and it's I don't I don't think much. there's any possible way to do and, it. It's just random. I do moments look a lot. Time. Yeah, I do look at a lot of reading orders and stuff like that for different podcasts and things. And uh, this is going to be one of those where it's you know, and I'm talking Good about people that well, try I'm to organize. I'm talking about the color. <laughs> I like the color coded ones where you have an event and they end up having like the the stuff in bold. That's the needed ones. The stuff in red, those are tie-ins that aren't necessarily necessary, but they're good. And then there's the ones you can skip. You're going to have a lot of skips. You're oh, going to yeah. have a lot of things this because, again, be glossed it, oh, my God. I just it, it seemed as if everybody was into this, and now it's just it's gone on too long. I don't hear anybody talking about it, even with a lot of books being commandeered by it. You know, we're, we're getting to a little bit of a, a less – of that, a couple of weeks in a row, almost every book was King and Black or then X-Men. And then the X-Men books start going in, Marauder, Sword, all that going on. And so by the end, I'm like, boy, this story overall just doesn't feel as big or good. Plus, we had the thing where I think that the, the issue, Donny Cates is doing his story. He's trying to make it tight. Everybody else had joined in. They don't know the rules. I, I don't even know what was even told to them uh, to do. And so we get this book, Scream, the King and Black Scream book. And we are going to, you know, finish this up. This is, and this is a number one, actually. It's the King of Black Scream number one. But we end up, even with that, having different things and going. And it's just, everything going on never feels like it's big enough by the end. You end up at the end of this. I thought, well, why? why? We saw that Hellfire ends up affecting Noel. That's it. I don't know that you're going to have that. Play out Scream going to turn the tide in the end of this uh, yeah, comic book event, and, is that and what we we're keep being told we here? keep playing that up or keep joking about it, where we get these books and like, okay, I don't really think Reptile is going to show up at the end, or I don't really think that no, you know what I mean? Like Black Panther is going to save the day, right? And yeah. so with this, and what threw me off because this is Scream number one, but we've had a bunch of other things with Andy in it leading in and, and stuff like that. It's killing me. But this is the King of Black Scream 
number one, written by Clay McLeod Chapman, who is the screenwriter, always shows up for these. Gary Brown on art, Rachel Rosenberg colors, VCs Corey Petit on letters. No, the god of the symbiotes has landed on Earth, covering the planet in a symbiotic dome and subjecting all of humanity to his army of symbiote dragons. Y- you like all the effects that dome is having without you? No, yes. Because we don't see any. <laughs> Basically, it's just dark. That's yeah, that's all, all yeah. it is. It's almost like it's lights out and then it's out, but yet yeah, it's not affecting anything. Andy, but the, the problem is going to be if I guarantee you, if you complain and say, well, what's going on? This dome. And I like, we, we've been calling it the goo cocoon and stuff. I like the idea of calling it a dome. Uh, if you end up saying, hey, um, what's up with this, you know, dome? Why isn't everything affected? Why are plants dying? I guarantee you that Donny Cates or at least Marvel would say, oh, oh, it's only been a weekend. And then I'll get <laughs> freaking <laughs> insane. But it might be because Furious. not much is going on uh, covering the planet. You know, Andy Benton, human host of Symbiote Screen, has her own complicated history with symbiotes from the death of her father and being imbued with the demonic hellmark that provides her with hellfire powers to fighting the hybrid might of screams for symbiote siblings andy and i'm surprised we don't see those jagos coming in andy and scream have forced an unbreakable bond although through it all andy has persevered to become one of the most resilient symbiote heroes earth has to protect it and yeah we go with this i keep saying every time we get a andy benton scream deal you like scream you like andy each issue gets away from me liking this character I'm I'm starting to like her less and less because, and it's a shame, because at the beginning of my introduction, because you said you liked her and you liked Scream, it, you know, I thought that Chapman was doing a pretty good job and making me kind of get invested with the character. He doesn't have anything to do anymore. I mean, all you have with this, and all you're going to ever get with, you know, Noel is that Noel is intrigued because he can't control. Andy or Scream. We've seen this over and over and over, even with other symbiotes as well. That's what we got with Gwen. We get we get all these things going on. Well, in this, we then add add in the the you know the wild card of Demogoblin, who just talks like you know the, this dark poetry that I used to write in sixth grade. And I don't need that. And it, it ends up, you said it, it took you forever to read this issue yeah. because of every Demogoblin, time Demogoblin yes. started talking, you, you just, you phased out. You I wanted to just, forget how to read, I think yes, is how I phrased it. That's what you said. <laughs> but so with that, though, all that happens in this is that Andy and Scream think, okay, Demogoblin ends up taking over kids as the acolytes. We have to stop this because the kids are innocent. Let's go and attack Demogoblin, who then talks crap and then flies away, but then comes back and then fights all then to just get Noel to show up. And even then you have the idea, ooh, these kids, they're still the children of the corn. They're still possessed because they ended up having that dark empathy fill the pain and the void and the abandonment. And I'm like, really? Like, what is going on? So you end up having Noel show up and just basically have Demogoblin say, oh, my Lord, my God, you're the greatest. You're so great. Noel picks her up and chucks her, you know, <laughs> and like three burrows away. Yeah. Just then to talk to Andy and scream. The one thing I did like here was the idea that Scream, the symbiote, is kind of frozen because that's their god. Uh, you can't, I can't hurt my god. I can't, you know, go against it. That's only so that 
when the symbiote does dissipate a little, you get the Hellmark show up to, sh- to shoot the Hellfire at Nolan C. That and and with that, I hope to God that all of these things that we're seeing throughout this will end up being able to come together in a big attack. If they end up getting the Hellfire, get something has to pay off with us reading all of these times. And if they don't, I'm going to be. I'm telling you, you're going to end a big Voltron of powers at yeah, the end. Yeah, just or have something. that. And and stupid ass Prowler's going to be sitting there with two iPhones. Over the head, like, you know, say anything, playing it, saying, you know, well, what the hell? So with this, though, it is intriguing and it is something that, okay, Hellfire, that I could see that, right? You know, there's rules and things going on here, but Hellfire, that that's a different thing. Fire is one I, of the symbiote weaknesses. Hellfire kind of ramps up that weakness. Yeah, and you what I like it. with that, the idea that they're going with the fire not really affecting these symbiotes as much. These are more of the electricity and, you know, whatever. And so with Hellfire, though, that's different. That that actually, okay, I, I can go with that. I can see. That's nothing that Noel would have ever have been able to see coming his way. Also, I would think why there's not more magical attacks that have been used against Null. I would think that that might have some sort of thing as well, but the magic characters, they seem to be pretty much MIA, except Doctor Strange, who ended up getting caught, and then all. And and even with that, like, you can't assume that everybody's reading every tie-in. So what is the... What are the... Who's around? It's just, it's driving me nuts with, with the amount of just nonsense going on, but I I don't even you like Andy. Do you like this issue at all? No, no, no. no, no. I wasn't entertained by There's this. There's nothing issue. going it felt on, like right? It took me forever to read and the same I wouldn't say the same thing kept happening over and over, but it's just like Andy fighting Demogoblin and then this null stuff that just repeatedly happens in all these tie-ins when he pops up and then, you know, it's it just everything lingered for too long making the scenes just I don't know. It, you know, I, I was bored with each and every scene by the time I, I, I you know, I, I, I got mean, to the next one. And then they have the nerve to have a scene where Andy's falling for a couple pages. I'm like, we had that in Venom. Yeah, I think that one of the big things with me here, and I don't know if this will make sense to everybody or if they think the same, but you end up in the main book. There's Null. He comes down. He kicks butt immediately, right? You have a dome around Earth, all that. Why then does he seem smaller in these tie-ins? He shouldn't. And these tie-ins end up making him feel smaller, that he specifically goes to talk trash to Andy slash Scream and then gets knocked away by the Hellfire and goes away with his tail between his legs. Like, that, that isn't what we need. In the actual King and Black main story deal, you don't get a lot of Null because he is too big and bad to even bother at that one point. And how long ago did it seem when you end up having Rex, Flash, and uh, what's it called, uh, Eddie, where they have to go and get the symbiote, the other back for Eddie, and Noel's just sitting there on his, you know, thing playing around with that. So, like that seemed like badass. Like he is bored because it's yeah. been so easy. But then you go to these side things, and all of a sudden he's showing up, which I think is <laughs> a misplay of him showing up in any of these. And because yeah. it, it, it makes it less of this big guy. Now he's just running around 
Oh my ghost to scream I, I'm really concerned with you And I, I'm intrigued and I'm that And then Andy gives him the hellfire ah, And he runs away uh, like a the, burn the victim The B and C character should really just be dragon fodder For you know everything flying around in the city And then he maybe deals with Captain America And then the yes, big guys, you guys know? But really he's there to take care of Dylan and Eddie Right. Even in this, he does say, oh, you took care of one of my pet, you know, all that. And I'm like, not big enough. It's not big enough for him to get that concerned with this. Even a book that I really like when he was there and uh, Daredevil gets turned into Matt gets turned into a symbiote and then fights back through the of the mind. That seemed too much to give like the big bet. This would be like we're watching Star Wars. I know you're such a big fan. But yeah, you end huge. up with Star Wars where in between scenes we see Darth Vader in some market haggling for a loaf of bread or something. You don't need to see him less. Or or you go and you see Darth Vader playing some pickup basketball and getting his butt handed to him. I don't need that. Big, you're supposed to be the big bad guy who's only concerned with the big bad things. And in these, it's just the side things where well, here's no getting his butt kicked again until he has to face the huge a-list heroes that are supposed to stop it Then he seems to be able to do whatever he wants And at this point in the game Why is he that concerned With a scream symbiote Like he thinks that he's going to Destroy any everything anyway Just do it then dude Just destroy the world and then deal with Andy and scream You don't have to set an aside This isn't you know freaking study hall here where you can go off and do a little <laughs> bit of extra work or something just do what you're there to do it, it, it just it's just too much yeah, too I don't little know all his, this i don't know what his i mean i, I do kind of understand what his purpose was for coming but he seems to have has you know lost himself in the forest yeah. through the trees basically yeah, yeah. With, with what it he's really doing he, he doesn't seem like he's he's here for that purpose anymore and he's just kind of chilling on some sky uh, skyscraper on his, you know, black throne of yeah, death or whatever yeah, he's sitting sit on around. and chilling. Yeah, be like me and you were on a business but trip he's to Toronto. Madness, like the rest of us, you know. I was going to say we're in Toronto ball. on a business trip. And we end up at the strip clubs. I mean, let's keep yeah. our eye on the prize here. Uh, but yeah, he's just going around can doing his track thing. Track of time in those places. Yes, I hear you from can, and a lot of money. I hear. Uh, but yeah, you end up where again because what else is is Chapman going to do? He's given a book where he has to do a story within. I, I wish I knew the parameters. Here's the parameters. Okay. You get Andy and scream. You can't kill. No, go at it. And so you end up burn victim, go off. Oh my God. And then at the end, hellfire does affect him. And I'll say it here for me. Uh, the art threw me off throughout. It was hard to see a lot of times what was going on in a lot of these you know, fight scenes and things, but it's it's not really a big deal because not much happens. You end up with a lot of things. They're flying around. They're facing each other. You got some explosions, and then oh my, hellfire affected me. Well, that's what you get when you get in. I mean, that's Andy. That that's it. That's what Scream is. And then you get to do it. She gets to do her thing. Off we go. And yeah, I, I think that this whole deal. And then it's I look weird at, because every every time I feel like we get a Scream it uh, issue, we just Basically, just recap what Scream yeah, is do. all about exactly. all the time, and that's why I, I think I, that I would wish they would take the next step because I feel like there have been enough issues of the character in the last calendar year to do something that's else. That's why you I know? thought that's why I was shocked. This was the number one. I thought we actually had a button. Now I think you well, nailed it on we the read head. The last Scream issue, I was talking to I forget who I was talking to on Twitter, and I'm like, didn't this already come out? And they're like, ah, oh, you're probably thinking of this one, and. 
this is why all the scream issues blend into one for well, me. And I think that when like... I said at the beginning that each one I read, I'm less of a fan. I think you nailed it there. I didn't even. It, it's yeah. that's why because you don't ever progress. You, you are stuck, and not even just in neutral. You know, neutral on a hill, you're starting to roll backwards at times. And this one's a little less of the recap, but you still get it. And then you just get it throughout. Like this whole thing's just set up for the hellfire. Now, I get. I, I really think that. They may use that in number five because we only have one more big issue left. I think it's going to be like a combination of, of it's gonna all. It's going to be everything. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. But but I, what are you going to do? Are I, you gonna, I think you... that's us giving them too much credit maybe. in all honesty. I but even if they did, really what are you going to sit there and go, man, I remember that from January. Yeah. That, it's too long. $8 I spent on that random screen issue oh, really movie. paid off. I'm, right looking, I'm looking at the checklist now. And we have one, two, oh, three, four, I, I saw five, that six, checklist. seven. Eight. I literally almost went. And, uh, we still have nine a issues for depress- depression yeah, medication. Really. Nine, like, nine issues still of tie-ins and the last King and Black, but yet we haven't done anything the last nine. I'm know, looking really. at what we've gone through, and I'm like, we, we didn't get crap. Yeah, this so, tie-in just yeah. kind of felt like every other tie-in we've read. Did. They're all just maybe. blending together. Yeah. It, they are. Yeah, yeah. I, I just it's bad. Uh, but yeah, I'm giving a you know an FU five. That's that's what yeah. I have to give it because it's yeah, just, I, mean, I like the art in this issue. To be honest, I, I liked it enough. It I didn't think it was stunning, but it, you yeah. know, I could follow it. I guess I, I could follow the action. It wasn't a. What Bachillo or whatever his name is, Bachillo, <laughs> man, yeah, yeah, that guy. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that, but uh, that's another book that I can't yeah. stand. You yeah, know, I, but, uh, like I, don't know. I would give it a five too, just because I'm, I'm just kind of, I wish the the only tie-in that I think stands out in this whole mess for me is Thunderbolts. This because they had some comedy yeah, that was mixed fun. into it, you know. People hate. Other it. than that, I don't know. Doesn't that shock you that people hate <laughs> yeah. that, but they're going on the and one on, different they? one. Yeah, I bet you this one will get, you know, tens out of tens (laughs) all over the place, and then I'll just shake my head. But we're going to move on to the next issue. Shocked me. I thought that this issue was going to be on the Patreon spotlight. We've enjoyed it. This Taskmaster number five, and it is written by Jeb McKay, art by Alessandro Vitti, colors by Guru FX, and letters by VCs Joe Caramagna, and it's the Rubicon Trigger Part 5. This is the finale of this. Now, we've really enjoyed it. It's fun. We like fun. Jim and Brandon yep. like to have fun. There you go. Yep, and we're here for so it. you get to the end, and I was kind of worried after last issue. Okay, we have one more issue. He's got the Rubicon trigger. He's got all of the. This is you know, the one the that had to break the formula too. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Like and, we were enjoying that formula. There's too much then. going on to not have them end abruptly or with a change of something. I never expected this to end with Taskmaster. And, you know, Nick Fury starting high-fiving, shield over something. high-fiving yeah. <laughs> and going off as a new lethal weapon team, which would have been awesome. I because I that this, yes. this and Thunderbolts have a complete. And it's funny, too, because you end up having. I think they Taskmaster. slide in nicely to the Mel Gibson and the Danny yeah, Glover role really there, do. too. I mean, know? really good. And so this is the funny thing. You have this book. And when it came out, people were saying, OK, this is because Taskmaster is going to be in the movie. And they want to give people an idea of who that is and whatnot. Well, most people reading comics know. So I don't think anybody knew is jumping. But even if they did, the thing that's going on, though, is he's a villain in the Black Widow movie, as far as I know. And I think he's I, I'm loving Taskmaster now. He's like one of my favorite, not just villains. 
I, I don't even. He's one of my favorite characters of the past couple months with this and Thunderbolts. Yeah. I think he's been it's really been good. Fun. So at the end of this, if it was actually to get Taskmaster to kind of be on a team, even if it was going to go off and it was Nick Fury, Taskmaster, and Black Widow, it's a pretty fun team. And, and so, but I never expected that. So I figured, okay, how is this going to end? Because he's not going to end up a good guy or on their team. I thought the the best would be that Nick Fury would say, hey, Tony, you're a pretty cool dude. You helped out. If you need any help, you know, don't tell anybody that me and you ever worked together because I'll deny it. But if you need help, let me know because, you know, you did good here. You don't even get that. Uh, you pretty much get a reset button at the end in a weird way. And that it, it did upset me a bit or throw me off because the whole series has been fun. It's just at the end of this, it feels like a rush ending to just get things back to square one. One of the things being spoiler alert, this was all set up by Maria Hill. She is not dead. I We knew the idea Taskmaster didn't kill her, but... You know, you kind of go through that's it's almost like waking up from a dream type deal or, you know, having a Bobby Ewing coming out of the shower, you know, that classic where, oh, man, she wasn't. And I don't know that she couldn't have maybe solved this issue in a better way. At the one point, she says, I couldn't just ask you to help me, Taskmaster. You wouldn't have you know agreed. Eh, if the money's right, I think you would have. I, I kind of think you would have. But it is. Here is the deal. Maria Hill is dead and the entire world thinks Taskmaster did it. He's innocent for once, but that's uh, irrelevant. The Black Widow is already on his trail and she won't be the only one, though kind of. She will by now. One man believes Tony, former S.H.I.E.L.D. director Nick Fury, is willing to help, but he wants something in return. Before she died, Hill was working on something called Rubicon Trigger, an old hammer project access that Fury needs. The kinetic signatures of Squadron Supreme Director Phil Coulson, Agents of Wakanda Director Okoye, and South Korea's NIS Tiger Division Director Amy Han. Taskmaster has secured all three signatures. Now he has to find and crack the Rubicon trigger before the Black Widow finds him. But Tony's got the strangest feeling that someone's trying to screw him, and he does. Now, one of the things, I don't know if you would agree, but one of the things that I feel is off here is where's Coulson? Where's Okoye? And where's Amy Han? They kind of end up getting duped and attacked by Taskmaster, who is known Supposedly to have killed Maria Hill And they kind of just back off You know, I know that you know, Hyperion Ended up pretty much destroying Taskmaster, but I, I think that They might still be, especially Okoye and That kind of ended, I guess, that she thought He was going off to jail, but Amy Han But it's just, you end up having these things That like each she issue is to contain like I don't she think she just in stays in the dark forever yeah, either, just, you know? To Okoye me it just and and with that, maybe what I'm saying is maybe it would have been a cooler idea instead of Nick Fury going to Okoye saying, hey, we'll take care of it. The government will put him in jail, whatever. It might have been a neat thing to have everybody converge in this final issue in a crazy, crazy battle. Have the whole Squadron Supreme for Coulson. Have, you know, Amy Han and the whole deal of the NIS. Have that. Have a bunch of Wakanda where you have just hundreds of characters coming to take care of Taskmaster. And uh, in that would have been cool as he's learning abilities and stuff, which we get. Even that, though, we have that where he is going to end up fighting Black Widow. It wasn't as cool as some of the fights that we saw before, and it's the big fight. And so this this issue, while I like it enough, and I do like this miniseries for what it was, it was a downer for me a bit uh, as they are driving and complaining. And Taskmaster says to Nick Fury, you, you you spies, you know, you don't see yourself being played. Somebody's playing us. 
Like they're, they're, they're playing me, but they're playing you as well. Then you have that whole connection where you have Taskmaster. You said that Maria Hill was the one who made you, but no, it wasn't. It was me. And I'm like, yeah. oh, right, you know, that's okay. And then that's where you see Black Widow show up. I'm the one club. that made you actually yeah, yeah. poop your pants as an yeah, adult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he, so that's good. And, but then Black Widow just blows up the car, knowing yeah. that it's a shield Catches car. There's a lot slipping. of, yeah. yeah, there's a lot of like, I figure or know this. She knows that it's an old shield car. Nick Fury would definitely be riding around in, so they're not going to die, but she can go take care of Taskmaster. The problem is, is that. Taskmaster wasn't paying attention like you said He's trash talking to Fury Trying to figure out what's going on And Black Widow got them by surprise Which was just put you know A bomb in the road And ended up blowing up the car I do like this though where because It being S.H.I.E.L.D. deal and Black Widow Completely spelling that out To Taskmaster then he's like ooh If it's S.H.I.E.L.D. then it has an ejection seat Presses it and it's a cool Concept because the car is overturned It's on its side and so Taskmaster shoots out horizontally over and then just starts hitting on the ground over yeah. and over. It looks oh, like oh, it hurts, yeah. I know. Oh, my God. He looks like he's really, really having some problems. And then to make things even funnier. This is my favorite up, part of the issue. The oh, it's the greatest. He just gets out of the just... thing and runs. <laughs> he just, yes. I'm telling you, he unbuckles his seat. And takes off. And he, takes even off. The, the narration is set up to be like, you know what guys like me do in situations like this? We run. And he runs and he <laughs> says, you know, it, it's it's the classic. That's what helps him live. This is my favorite I, part of the issue. The funny thing would have been, though, I really think that this should have played out with the way of just think who is like the the craziest, like we, not weakest, but who is the you know, Frady Cat villain or hero, I would have loved that he's running like that person. Like he's using yeah. what he saw them run away. Even if it was like I, somebody uh, big or something, would have been funny. Like something I like that. Black Widow has to go submit her name to the NFL Combine because she's out here running like a four, two and a half, 40. And, right and now. You say that. <laughs> Testmaster is a, you know, he athlete times slow, seven so million. I, you know what I mean? Like he slow. has been shown to just be. Faster than anybody as well Just yeah. running And she catches him with ease And then just yeah. crunches She should be You think she should for, be for like a safety maybe? Fans, like, like she's going to take out Ronaldo Going down the pitch yeah, here yeah. too well, she, What would happen she's here catch everybody. <laughs> when, what The problem is Is that when she gets near Ronaldo He'll just dive So there, yeah, there you have that That's for our overseas yeah. fans as well But yeah <laughs> She ends up that I, She either should be a linebacker or a safety like she ends up, or you know, if she's on offense, obviously receiver or whatnot. But she ends up crunching him, and yes, it, it plays it. out a lot like the fugitive with this. Is like I didn't do it. I don't care. They start fighting, and like I said before, you ended up having that really cool scene where he was fighting earlier, and he was using the moves and saying that he wished he knew the cool names for him because he was doing it, and it just seemed bigger. And this, it's real little panels, and just like I fight with all I know. Bat rock, Iron Fist, Shang-Chi. We saw these fighting techniques before, but they were done a little better before. But yeah, with all this, the idea that Taskmaster's figuring out what the deal is, who framed them, what this was, what this is, all of this going down, where you do think that Taskmaster's going to get killed by Black Widow until somebody stops him or her, and it's Maria Hill. She shows up. Pulls Fury out of the car. She's not dead. 
she ends up then saying, hey, Black Widow, by the way, I'm alive. Uh, yeah, I needed Taskmaster. And this is where you get the whole plan. You go to the Fury safe house, safe house gamma. And they're talking about the Rubicon trigger. And Maria Hill says, well, I ended up, you know, being an ex-spy on the run. All these things, Colson, all these people aren't going to listen to me. They're not going to give me the thing. And what she says is she wants to get this. And even with that, the idea of a Rubicon trigger, like I never even knew what the hell it was. For this whole no, time. I, mean, like, the, I don't know. I thought it, it was a person for a while. To be it's basically <laughs> just like a like the, the Star Wars. You, oh, know, yeah. you end up having it's a bunch like of a, satellites like with the, lasers. Two keys. You got to turn at the same time yeah, for new yeah. codes. It's, it's and then you end up here. having these laser satellites that can just you know blow up everything so they're like hey dude, listen in my head i imagined it as a giant hammer hanging over the earth that was going to yeah. split it in two and that sounded that, a lot yes. cooler to me and again maybe tie this in maybe they should have activated this thing when Noel showed up by the way but you end up where you know he gets to do it that maria hill says she wants to destroy it because it's something out there yeah she could have just left it like <laughs> this uh but if she did she's afraid that somebody would end up using it um, so you end up having Taskmaster, who who actually is there with with the ice pack on his skull mask. I, he's like holding it there. Even that, they even throw shade at his skull mask and stuff. He gets upset. But really, the whole thing ends with him saying, "Okay, does all the moves." And and with that, we wanted. Remember, we were wanting to see what exactly he would do to open this thing to get this trigger going or whatever. He slams his hands on a desk, then he moves to the side, and then they're like, yes, it is accepted. And he is in, and he's told yeah, by... I didn't, I, didn't, that, I didn't understand what you he You know was what I mean? I thought there'd be more the of a thing. visual there. I wanted yeah. to see more of a visual of, like, what like, he, was he needed to do. Like, was he doing some hand motions? Yeah. Or like, uh, he's just standing know. there. And, and the problem is, is that then it starts to make me think that this whole system should also be able to detect size and mass. And he is not the same size of Mask of Coulson or Amy Hunt or Okoye. So it would be weird because he really just like, okay, I got to relax like Coulson. It's really weird, but he ends up going nothing. Yeah, really. And they're like, okay, well, disable it. And he's like, all right, activate. And they're like, oh, my God, he activated the Rubicon trigger, commencing orbital strike. And they're desperate to try to turn this off. And he walks away. And that's how he gets away. He ends up leaving uh, because of the idea that it's all going on. It's all happening. And he trusts them to, to be able to it. stop it. Yeah, that's yeah. the big thing. So, And the weird thing is that he ends up where at the end they talk about Should've the got idea away in the that golf it's cart over. Or something. Yeah, really. Like, <laughs> there is a thing. It says the end. Then there's a next issue. Which just says, well, true believer, the Rubicons are all triggered, the tasks are all mastered, and the dead have risen again. In other words, we've reached the end of our tale, but keep a close eye on what Tony Masters is, not the last you've seen of him. And then pushes, you know, Jed McKay's Black Cat, which we like, and then the Avengers Mech Strike, which is, as the French say, garbage. So I'm not going to, I'll be reading them both, actually. That, that, that yeah. Mech Strike keeps being picked for the Patreon spotlight, and I end up doing it, but. Yeah, at the end, I'm, I'm going to give this, I'm going to be positive. I'm going to give it an 8. I want to give it a 7.5 just because of the ending and kind of like. the oh, overall series score bump. I, yeah, I'd I give think it that, an 8 I, as uh, well. Yeah, I think I'll stick with the 8 overall for all of the I, I mean, I really well. enjoyed the middle portion of the, once Black Widow blew the car up to, you know, the 
quote unquote ending scene where Maria Hill, you know, kind of revealed herself. I had a good a good time in the middle kind of portion of that issue, and that was that was my you know the tone and and what I liked about the series just in general. And you know, I, I only got a little taste of it in this. You know, but it was a good enough ending and kind of a taskmaster ending. That, you know, that it's, it's a, a weird deal. It's like face. it's one of those. It's like what we kind of. It, it reminds me of that Soska sisters Black Widow. You know, yeah. I'm not there pining to read it again. But while we read it, it was good. And yeah, I don't was... know that. Like our big thing when we started was the cosmic uh, Ghost Rider. That was like something we were telling people to. Read. I wouldn't necessarily say. You got to read this, this Taskmaster. You got to read it. But if somebody said, "Hey, is there anything to read with Taskmaster?" Eh, you know, you can have some fun with this. It's yeah. non-offensive. I, I, I would think when I like uh, you know all five issues hit the app, it it, it would kind of be yeah, in people, the middle of my yeah. reading list, top half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You kind of check sure. it out and stuff like that. Uh, and it's one of the few books you read nowadays, so that is good yeah. that you like it. Yeah. Do you think that the Heroes oh, Reborn like will get you? Do you think that Listen, that'll I, I, I meant to say when we were doing the uh, King and Black tie-in earlier that King and Black has me yearning for Heroes Reborn. So I didn't Maybe think I was fun. excited for Heroes Reborn, but you know, I, I'm Aaron, excited though, for that, something different. Man. I'm, I'm know, worried he found his magic again. Yeah, that'll be because you used to like him. I you used did to like brag him about how much yeah. he was. Oh my god, the guy couldn't do wrong in your eyes, and then I, I show I up, did and, like and then you bail on every book I have to do with him. The, <laughs> you the left me in the dust. Oh my god, I'm there doing the that realms. Avengers. Yeah, yeah, that that oh. might be. I, I would say as a blueprint of your deal. I think that War of the Realms is what did it, where all of a sudden, that was the decline. After that, you started, like, kind of giving up on things and things like that. Yeah. But something's going to get you back. Well, that was also yeah. when Braxton was born, too. Yeah, that's <laughs> that was true. Like, really, I got to manage this time a little better. Yeah, 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 really. So that's that. But, yeah, we're both at an eight. Now I'm at an eight overall for the series. So I think you said that as well. So there we are. Yeah. And that is our section. Thanks for joining me, Brandon. I think that I am going to go off. I think I have one last book. It's uh, Maestro number three, Warren Pax number three, that I feel like I'm the only one reading. I, I ask everybody, you reading that? Nobody's reading that, that I talked to, but I'm sure somebody listening is reading. So That's the second talk about Maestro yep. series. Right? Yeah, it's the second Maestro. So it's it's good. I like it. It's one of those. It's it's one of those like this where. It's not something I'm going to tell everybody they have to read, but I've been enjoying it. And I think that this Warren Pax is actually upping the ante a bit from that first one. The first one seemed, and I say incomplete, but that's kind of weird to say of something where you kind of know where it's heading. And there was some, but it didn't have a lot of like gripping story each issue. So this one is a little better. So we'll go off to that right about now. And we're going to end things with Maestro War and Pax number three. Written by Peter David, pencils by Javier Pina uh, with Wilton Santos, inks by Javier Pina with Oren Jr., colors by Jesus Ervatov, and letters by VCs Travis Lanham. And it says the maestro has realized that his iron rule over dystopia is not enough to quell all opposition. He must destroy even the desire to dream, though, uh, through a new political movement. Named Post-Apocalyptic Existence or Pax, he intends to unite humanity under a new world order. Any who refuse to swear fealty to a supreme rule will be eliminated. The Pantheon, a team of long-lived superpowered heroes who were once allies of the Hulk, 
have been watching Maestro and they're not keen on his plans. The team meets with Maestro under the guise of visiting their old friend, but with the aid of Dr. Doom, they soon spring a trap and capture Maestro. Now the Pantheon is ready to start phase two of their plan. Phase two of their plan is to pretty much Chris Angel mind freak him. You end up where they have Maestro in this giant, giant glass vat tube. He is out of it at the moment, but they need to get him to be Bruce Banner. They need him to revert. That's the only way that you're going to end up being able to stop him. And they have to figure out a way to do this. And they're kind of, you know, pushing it back and forth. They have a plan. They have this, but they already know, you know, Maestro's pretty tough. He's been doing all these things. He ended up escaping AIM. He's going to eventually, because Hector says, well, we could kind of just keep him here in this tube. And Ulysses says, are you kidding me? There's no way. He got out of AIM. He gets out of everything. We're sitting on a 20 megaton bomb here. Sooner or later, he's going to go off. And so we need to do something. What are we going to do? Well, you end up having Delphi say, well, I think that I could go get Paris. We could get Paris to kind of do some mind whammies on Hulk. I think that we have a plan. They do not think that he'll listen. They don't think Paris wants to be involved. He seems to be having a swim right now. And he's, you know, he's into the cardiovascular bits of swimming. He's getting ready for the post-apocalyptic Olympics, I think. But Delphi goes, uses her charms, which what I'm saying is she strips nude and gets in the water with him. And they start making out the smooches and things like that. And yeah, she does end up being able to convince him to go. And, you know, we don't necessarily know this is a plan per se, but the idea that he's going to go and he's going to use his telepathic ways that have changed a bit during this post-apocalyptic deal where Paris is going to use those to try to calm down Maestro, maybe reason with them maybe even being able to kind of you know tell him to revert to bruce banner when in fact when that happens they're going to be ready they're going to pounce on him and it's exactly what happens now this whole issue is played off in a way that some might be mad at the end it does play off as almost like a dream you even have like a bobby ewing coming out of the shower kind of moment at the end because they are going to the pantheon is going to try to trick maestro and in the meantime david peter david is going to do it in a way that he's going to trick us as well you end up paris there going of the mind ends up getting into maestro's mind and they end up walking around the old base the mount the old headquarters of the pantheon in like a mindscape so that maestro can calm down you end up Paris, they're going around talking. This is what, you know, Maestro remembers, Hulk remembers from the base. And they're talking about stuff. Hey, you know, I know you had a hard time, all these things going on. And I just wanted you to know that, you know, that we became interested in you and we were watching you and then we were buds and things like that. But you don't realize that we were interested in you a little sooner than, than you are aware of that you realize and you end up coming into a room and and just to make it even worse for hulk here you go into a room which this television screen has to be like eight million inches it's humongous it's the side of a mountain almost where they go in and basically you're going to watch a video of bruce uh being pretty much abused and bruce's mom being abused by brian you know bruce's father there's a lot of things and then even seeing the moment where Brian ends up killing Bruce's mom. 
So you end up seeing that as awful deal. And you have the deal of them. Yeah, we knew you had, you know, some interest in you when you were born and Andromeda ended up in Delphi. They had these visions. So we were watching. Now, if this is the case, you have a lot of emotions that could be going on. First off, Maestro does not want to watch this. You know, he doesn't want to see his mom die again on the screen. But I think that there would be even more in his mind of like, why didn't you stop then? You were watching? And and Maestro says, you playing a game here? Is this a game to you? And you have Paris say, no, no, no. I'm trying to explain the steps that we took. Almost like he's playing it off like, listen, we've been with you this whole time. We've been trying to help you. Come on, just, you know, loosen up a bit. Loosen up with us and all this. Well, you end up having Maestro just says, I don't care about your steps. And ends up just grabbing Paris by the neck and choking him out you see him then and this is almost like the freddy kruegers here if you die in the dream you die in real life he is freaking out all of the machines are sparking things like that and so they have to stop you know they have to stop maestro from doing this and they go off to stop him and then he breaks out of this dream sequence deal of the mind deal of the telepathy and ends up taking they have like this almost like an enhancer like an amplifier thing around his head like a helmet type thing he takes that off and breaks out and just starts going ham on the entire pantheon he is pissed he ends up wanting revenge now of them messing with him he said what do you think this is a game he breaks out and you end up having uh atalanta yells hey banners awake everybody banners awake and in the big you know badass moment for maestro i told you the name is maestro big page there where he goes and ulysses comes running in with his flaming sword and shield and they start fighting right off the bat you think that ulysses he's kind of got the upper hand i i say the upper hand i do because he cuts off the hulk's hand and oh that's you know like oh my god that's like luke skywalker it is well hector comes running in as well and they're going to double up on the hulk the only way they can figure out is they have to cut his head off and Hector yells, cut his head off. Ulysses, I'm I'm doing that. As he swings to do so, Hulk grabs Hector. He grabs Hector and pulls him over so that Ulysses beheads Hector. Hulk's still, Maestro's still holding Hector's head in his hand. The body just thumps down. And then he just smacks Ulysses silly. U- Ulysses goes flying. So, you know, yeah, a hand, one thing. But he beheaded Hector, and now he picks up his hand. And just fuses it back on to himself. This is pretty bad. Well, you then have where Atalanta's yelling, we need subject RB1 out of deep freeze. We need it. We need this. And that will be Ajax is who's going to come up. But not quick enough, especially for Ulysses. Because then Hulk picks up Ulysses' flaming sword, runs it through Ulysses, throws him aside as then Hector comes flying in and you do have Atalanta she is pretty badass she is shooting some you know flame arrows at Maestro he is really really pissed he says I'm gonna take that plasma bow of yours and shove it so far up your backside that your voice will quiver that's a joke that's a hide he's like did did you hear that I just made a funny I said quiver ends up going to pretty much you know kill Atalanta but you end up having Ajax come in with what would be his kind of Hulk buster, you know, armor, comes in, hits Hulk and says, don't you hurt Lana. He's a little slow. 
we, we've had him already. And yeah, he's a little slow goes, but he will protect Atlanta with everything and at all costs, which makes this next scene all the more heartbreaking and horrific because Maestro knows this and he gets knocked down by Ajax. But how are you going to stop Ajax? And Maestro says, I feel sorry for you, Ajax. The rest of them, they can go to hell. But I feel sorry for you the most because you're too stupid to know any better. You're dumb, you jerk. And he's like, I'm not stupid. He ends up going to tech. And again, Maestro's playing a game here. He is trying to run. Ajax is pretty slow, but he's also now furious and comes out. He's not being careful, even more so. And Maestro grabs him as he comes at him and then just tosses him across the room. And he lands right on Adelana and just squishes her. She is now just a red stain on the ground. Ajax then is done. He is crying. He doesn't know what's going on. Everybody's there. And you end up where Maestro says, don't worry, big guy. It'll be over in a he's going to kill Ajax. And then a voice from behind says, Bruce? He's like, what are you? Oh, no. And it's his mom. It's his mom there. It's his mom, Rebecca. And she's like, oh, my God, Bruce, what have you done? What what did they do to you? And you end up having Delphi as the only one pretty much, you know, unharmed. Ajax, he's still alive. You know, he's messed up for life now. And they have a very long life. So you end up Delphi. It's It's not what he did to himself, Rebecca. Your little boy didn't turn out so well. And it's like a nice touching scene here where Maestro goes like, this can't be your dad. Dad killed you. What? And you end up where I like the way that Peter David plays this out with even going, you know, thinking of a mortal Hulk, even in your mind, the idea that and it's just comics. People do come back. But the idea that Hulk has been green door, all this stuff always comes back. He ends up, you know, in hell. Uh, This isn't that unbelievable to Maestro where she's like, I don't know. You know, it's going on. I I just came back. All these things. She's crying. She's upset. And you end up where that's the thing, too. She starts saying, you're not my Bruce. You're a monster. I I don't want to see you. Where's Bruce? Where's Bruce? And that's when you're like, wait a second. Something's going on here. Here is the Chris Angel mind freak because he ends up then reverting to a very, very old, sad-looking Bruce Banner who would be able to either play Robinson Crusoe or Santa Claus without a bat of an eye. Probably Robinson Crusoe more. He's a little skinny. A little skinny for Santa. Uh, And then Rebecca, which isn't really Rebecca, just picks up a gun and shoots him and kills Bruce Banner. It's not really Rebecca because what happened is they uh, went through this and allowed Maestro to think that he had broken out of the mind control of Paris, that he was not, everything he saw was real. It wasn't. He was being duped this whole time. All the stuff, all the killings, all that wasn't really happening. The Pantheon is okay. And they say, you know, I'm like, God, it worked. I didn't think it was going to work. And they're like, yeah. Paris says he bought the whole thing. And Atlanta says, yeah, he did. He thought he broke out of your mind control and fell for the rest of it. It's almost like a Black Mercy situation, almost there at D.C., um, but yeah, they check him. And it's funny, Ulysses goes over and Hector's like, really? You're checking him? I, the dude's dead. I mean, we shot him. And if you look, I mean, he has a hole in his head, six in his chest. I mean, there's a lot of holes in him. And that's the thing where Ulysses is like, yeah, okay, we killed him. But what's next? And then Alana says, well, now we have to make it permanent because they know he'll come back. 
I mean, and, and he's not going to come back happy. I'll tell you that. And so he's just there, Bruce Banner, all old and decrepit with holes in his bodies. And it says to be continued. And yeah, you end up seeing the next issue. It does look like people are revolting against things and stuff. So we'll have to see what that's all about. I liked it. I, I actually, the first Maestro series, and whenever I talk about this, I bring this up and say it. The first Maestro series was, it was okay. It just never felt like a full story. It, it just felt like, you know, it was missing something. It was more surface level. You kind of are gone. This actually, to me, is hitting a little harder. And even though this issue of, you know, the Pantheon, you're going with that is kind of an aside deal, but it has some really big moments and some really cool things. I just worry that people are going to be like, oh, it was just a dupe the whole time and stuff like that. But it, it's really cool. It's a really cool read. I enjoyed it. I'm going to give it a 7.5 out of 10. I could even go as far as an 8 because I really do like the art. I'll go 8. Let's be positive tonight, right? 8 out of 10. Positive Jimmy over here. But yeah, that is that. That's it for the week. And with all of that, I would say, and I, I said I might start giving my book of the week of all the things that I read I don't know. It's a tough one. I, I do like uh, probably a tie between Amazing Spider-Man and the Taskmaster, I'll say, is the ones that I would pick up if I were you. I don't remember what I gave them. I talked to both Clay and Brandon earlier, and you're probably like, they didn't match up. That doesn't make sense, but we'll go with that. I have to remember that I wanted to do a book of the week from now on because I'm trying to at least read all the books before. And I say, I'm trying to read the books before we reveal them. I don't mean that, but I'm trying to read all of them at one fell swoop. And the one day, one afternoon, sit there and read them. But I get tired because I have a lot of attention span difficulties. And when I start reading books like that, next thing I know, I wake up and it's 2 a.m. in the morning and I've missed the whole day. So I'm trying. But yeah, I would say that those are the strongest ones of what I read. But again, if you want to go over to the Patreon, and listen to me and my man Eric Shea talk about Alien number one. That'd be cool. And also, I talk about Miles Morales Spider Man number 24. I said earlier 29 and realizing it was driving me nuts this whole time. But yes, 24. It was the, you know, pen, not penultimate. It's the penultimate order. It's the issue before the Clone Saga begins. Not penultimate anything. It keeps going. So. With that, thanks, everybody. Go over to Twitter, WS Marvel Comics. Follow us. We'll follow you back. And go check out our website, WeirdScienceMarvelComics.com. I am tired, as you can tell. I hope that you enjoyed the podcast. And I will talk to you later.